Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Time once again for instant analysis on the YouTube and podcast homes for BamaOnline.com. BOL Senior Analyst Travis Fryer following the Alabama Crimson Tide's harrowing 24-21 homecoming win over those pesky Razorbacks of the University of Arkansas. Alabama did its best over the final quarter and a half to not only let Arkansas back into the game, but give a guy like K.J. Jefferson, a veteran of SEC wars, an opportunity to get Arkansas its first SEC win of the season. Fortunately from Alabama, some heroics late in the fourth quarter from Dallas Turner and that Alabama defense, which had given up a couple of touchdowns there uh, in a span of about a quarter, something we haven't seen from this Alabama defense, especially in the second half of SEC games, but mistakes once again, all too common for this team. In-game scenarios, just issues that just aren't sustainable over the long haul. You know, you can get away with it from time to time. Kind of got away with it last week at Texas A&M. Got away with it again today. But when you look at this upcoming stretch, which we'll get more into, certainly, with Tennessee up next on the schedule, with LSU after the bye week, even that road trip to Kentucky, and a Kentucky team at home especially that has been difficult to deal with, uh, plenty for this Alabama to clean up, stuff for this Alabama team to clean up. Fortunately for Nick Saban's team, they'll get the opportunity to do so after a win. Now, a couple of injuries that we'll get into as we move throughout the show this afternoon. C.J. Dupree, the tight end you saw go down with an injury. Uh, Tresman Marshall a couple of times had to leave the field. Uh, Saban was asked by BOL's Charlie Potter in the post game about both of those guys Uh Saban's response was that neither injury appeared to be long-term in nature, uh, but with Dupree, it sounded something more muscle-related, maybe a muscle sprain, a muscle strain, whereas with Tresman Marshall, maybe something more along the lines of bruised ribs. So those are things we'll keep an eye on as we move throughout the week. Alabama, of course, went into the game with question marks about Malachi Moore, who you didn't see on Saturday, and also James Burnup, who you did see and who was lights out once again. You know, I don't know if we're going to talk enough about James Burnett following this game, but for the injury he was coming off of and the job that he did, it was reminiscent of J.K. Scott in Fayetteville back in 2014 when Alabama won a game by a single point, 14 to 13. Now, we'll also take your comments and questions here on Instant Analysis. If you're watching on our YouTube page, uh, you can see the chat opportunities that we have there. Of course, we base out of StreamYard, so that shows up here for me as well. And you know it was not the kind of finish that Alabama fans wanted to a game. When I go to start the, the recording or the live broadcast, and there's already comments stack, stacked up. So I don't know if we'll get to all of those, but we'll get to some of them. Again, just an up-and-down performance. You know, Alabama offensively struggles out the gate. Uh, we talked about Cam Little, the Arkansas kicker, and Will Reichert in this game being the two best kickers in the Southeastern Conference. 
Campbell Little showed you that early with those bombs from 55 and 49. Uh, but then Alabama is kind of random as it is on offense and so big play dependent all too often finds it, finds it in the explosive passing game. Jalen Milrow uh, hits on some big completions. Kobe Prentice on the long touchdown to give Alabama the lead. Came back a couple of series, series or two later, is able to hit Jermaine Burton on a deep ball, hits Ja'Cory Brooks on an explosive completion. And Alabama, next thing you know, is in really good shape at 21 to 6 going into the half. You come out to start your third quarter. That's when you really want to assert that run game. It hasn't been as much of a factor, certainly of late. Uh, but it was really good on those first two possessions of the third quarter. Alabama rushed for over 100 yards in those two possessions. The problem is it got three points out of those two possessions, the Will Riker 30-yard field goal there in the third quarter. But even there with this defense and this kicking game, and again, a hit-and-miss sort of offense, you feel pretty good about an 18-point lead. And then... You're in third down. You got Arkansas backed up. You get off the field, and then you get the face mask penalty away from the ball on Jalen Key. And Nick Saban, I don't know if I recall in a post-game media opportunity where he was as specific about a singular instance in a game like he was that play. And to mention Jalen Key by name, I think that tells you the frustration that Nick was sensing, even 30, 45 minutes after the final snap of the football game. But it was huge. It was everything. Because Arkansas at that point had flatlined. They were done. They are about to kick the football again, about to punt it away again. Just basically looking to get to the charter to get back to Fayetteville. Instead, the drive is kept alive. You have another third down penalty. Pass interference on Caleb Downs. Kind of a tough one-on-one. -on -one. Didn't get his head around. Next thing you know, Arkansas is in the end zone. And at 24 to 13, the flag on Jalen Key was a uh, was like a defibrillator. You know, the Razorbacks were flatlined, and they and they got hit with the shock paddles, and they were able to locate a heartbeat. And you don't want to do that with a guy like KJ Jefferson, who, when trying to tackle, you might as well you'd have better luck one on one. I don't care who you are, even defensive linemen tackling a coca-cola truck one-on-one -on -one might be easier than tackling kj jefferson because you had an opportunity for a big sack with Terion arnold and Terion, i thought did everything he possibly could to get kj jefferson on the ground wasn't able to do it that was a big moment there in the second half too where arkansas was really starting to surge from a momentum perspective but where was the help too i mean there really wasn't a sort of rallying and i understand you can get caught in some situations where you're in man-to-man -man coverage and guys are getting run off. And ultimately, it comes down to a one-on-one. -on -one. And I'm sure Terion would tell you in that situation, he's got to make that tackle as well. But this was an Arkansas team. Nick Saban reminded us in the post-game press conference of this too. You know, even with the losses coming in, even the non-conference loss to BYU was a close game. So give Sam Pittman's team a lot of credit too for hanging in there and being resilient. But again, it all started with the face mask penalty. I know you can say, look, I thought just watching it in real time, I thought it was going to be offsetting because it looked like both guys were getting after it pretty good. But as I've said many, many times before, a lot of times 
these penalties come down to which side of the field are you on. If you're in the middle of the field, it's probably offsetting. But if you get over on one sideline or the other, you know, there's a good chance it's going to go against you if you're on that other team's sideline. So Alabama at 6-1 and one in the league, 4-0 and oh in the Southeastern Conference. Hey, it's another divisional win. Those are important. We talked about this last week. Three straight weeks, three straight divisional wins. You'll take it, and you get the sense that the narrative and the mood around this team, and I think this is good for Nick Saban's team and not so good for Josh Heupel's, is going to be more about what Alabama isn't all over again. After South Florida, I think it's going to be kind of like, not to the extent of South Florida, because South Florida isn't, to me anyway, close to the same football team that that Arkansas is. And I know you can probably hit me with some stats to try to disprove that. I'm just saying, player for player, roster, starting quarterback, yeah, South Florida hitting Arkansas. That's going to be sort of the the talk, and I think that works to Nick Saban's benefit. Um, and I think we'll see a different Alabama team next week. Some things, though, have to change. And the mistakes, once again, pre-snap penalties. You're kneeling down at the end of the game, and you've got one of your protectors, your three protectors, is trying to chill out your, your top guy, your, your, your top of the formation guy in Jermaine Burton, because Jermaine is wolfing. And you know, Jace, is, Jace McClellan's trying to chill him out. I think it was Roydell Williams and Jace that were like, Jermaine, just just don't 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 get a flag here. So what happens to Jace McClellan when he turns around to line up? Now he is moving towards the line of scrimmage. Jalen Milrow, I need to watch it back, but it's also to me on the quarterback to make sure the guys behind you are set. And it just illustrates, you know, kind of where this offense is. And really, the first touchdown of the game, the, the, those three plays. Uh, the two plays that led up to the explosive to Kobe Prentice on the deep ball, 79 yards. Uh, you had a situation on a first down run where it looked like if you give it to the back with the lineman in front pulling out to the right, you got something working on the corner. Instead, the quarterback keeps and gets nothing. Second down, you got a snap that the quarterback isn't ready for or the center was incorrectly alerted to. So now you're looking at third and long and you just throw the deep ball and it worked out. You know, it worked out. Give the Alabama passing game credit there in the first half as far as the explosiveness. But even on the offensive side of the ball, you're still not good enough at left tackle. You played both Caden Proctor in the game. You played Elijah Pritchett. Both guys gave up sacks. Both guys going back to even a day of last spring still have some of the same issues. For Caden right now, he's just not at a point, I think, physically where he can compete against these even mid mid-level sec edges you know and then with elijah his pass set is just not good enough he gets out over his skis he gets anxious right there at the top of the set and you'll see him lean forward and get out over his skis and then he gets beat on the edge too now you can also say why are these guys getting left in one-on-ones you know, six, seven games into the season. Why is that still happening? Well, when it works against a four or five-man pass rush, then you've got those opportunities down the field. But when it doesn't, then you continue to give up four, five, six sacks a game. So let's see what um, 
let's see what you guys have for us in the comments. We'll touch on more of this as we move throughout uh, the show here. Uh, Tex Titer, I think this was before the game, right, Tex? 45-13? Yeah, I think that was Tex pregame. And then uh, we checked in with Tex a little bit later. Never mind, Tex said. Yeah. Uh, Gary Falden checking in here. This is no playoff team. Well, I don't know many people that have really got up on the table and beat the drum for this being a playoff team, even before today. And certainly after today, that won't be the case. This is very much, Gary, a week-to-week football team, and not just at quarterback, at a lot of positions. Um, You know, you felt like going into this game that you had a college football playoff defense. And I think if that side of the ball can avoid killing itself like it did with a couple penalties, especially the face mask, it can play to that level. You know, once again, I thought the defense got solid contributions from a number of different guys, especially with Malachi Moore out this week. You had to play a couple different guys at the star position, Terry and Arnold. We heard Nick Saban talk about it in the post game that against Arkansas's bigger personnel, in other words, when Arkansas went with two tight ends, which in the past would have meant base defense for Alabama. But in this era of football, you still go with nickel against a lot of this 12 personnel because the way the tight ends are used are not traditional at all. You know, you see guys split out, flexed out a lot of different ways. So Alabama stuck with nickel, but in those situations with two tight ends on the field, for Arkansas, you saw Caleb Downs uh, at the star position. And then when it was more 11 with one tight end on the field, three wide receivers, that's when you saw Arnold go inside and Trey Amos come in at corner. So that's how they kind of worked it in the nickel. Not much of a day for the dime, although we did see Christian Story uh, in those situations with six defensive backs. So, yeah, there's plenty for this football team to work on. And again, it, Nick talked about it even on Wednesday in his media opportunity then. Didn't get the sense that this was the sort of preparation week that he was looking for. He talked about later in the week the difficulty of sometimes putting a big road win in a team's rearview mirror and refocusing on the business at hand, especially when you're talking about a team that was two and four coming in. Uh, 0-3 in the league, playing its fourth game outside of its home state in the last four weeks, all within the Southeastern Conference. Those were the things that Arkansas was up against. And also, you know, without really Rocket Sanders in the game Saturday. So uh, Arkansas offensively, I don't think it was all that much different than what you expected to see. Uh, You saw some two-back stuff, even with some two-back Alabama State in the nickel. But the run defense was was pretty good. A.J. Green, the one back for Arkansas, he averaged 7.3. And there was a play there in the fourth quarter where Alabama was pretty fortunate when Green had what looked to be a nice, or maybe that was Dominique Johnson. One of the two had a nice cutback lane. And it wasn't the Alabama defense that kept that from going big. It was a blade of grass, it looked like, around the 40-yard line. But, you know, when you look at K.J. Jefferson, 14-24, to 150, a couple of touchdowns, uh, was able to really pressure him throughout the game. Nick, post-game, wasn't happy about 
a particular pass rush there in the second half. Alabama blew a stunt and kind of opened things up for Jefferson to get out the gate and uh, bust it big. But, you know, defensively for Alabama, once again, Caleb Downs with seven tackles, six of those solos. Jalen Key was seven. Deontay Lawson was six. I'll tell you who played a good football game, in my opinion, and not just on defense, Quandarius Robinson. Give it up for Q. Had a couple of tackles on special teams. I think he had he had one on a punt early in the game and then another uh, on a kickoff return. Uh, Tresman Marshall with five tackles. As far as negative play production, Alabama with three sacks. You know, for Alabama of late, that's not a big number. Seven tackles for loss. But again, there were some good things spread around. Jamarian Latham had a very nice sack there in the first half where he won a one-on-one with uh, interior linemen. Had kind of a uh, kind of had a club move and then followed it up and under and really nice play by Jamarian. Uh, but you know Alabama didn't necessarily take the football away either, like we've seen maybe in some previous weeks uh, from this Arkansas offense either. Now you know the second half was anything but complimentary football, it, other than. Burnup and Riker pretty much doing their jobs when they were called upon to assist either the offense, the defense, or both. Um, you, you just didn't sustain anything on the offensive side. And, you know, it's going to beg the question in the coming days. Alabama seemingly got away from the run game after the first two possessions there in the third quarter. Rolled up. You had three or four different backs contribute to that. You had an explosive from Jace, a couple of them back-to-back on that first possession. Uh, you had uh, an explosive or two from Roydell. Um, you had Jam Miller contributing to that. You know, Alabama's four backs combined to average, each of them averaged over 5.2, 5.2 or more. Roydell averaged 9.7. Jam averaged 10, four carries, 40 yards. Justice had two carries, uh, for five and a, uh, for a five and a half yard average, Jace with some tough running, give him some credit there late in the game because he got absolutely smoked by an Arkansas safety that was just running downhill because Arkansas knew at that point Alabama is trying to take the clock, and Alabama hasn't been exactly diverse in its run game. So if you're these safeties, especially in that situation. You can just look between the hashes and get a running start. Now, we did see a toss to Jace a little bit later, so that was a positive. We did see a couple of tosses today, a couple of perimeter runs. So Jace gets a lot of credit for his toughness. Uh, We did see an Alabama touchdown run in the red zone. How about the the tide ride, I'm going to call it, the assist on the Jalen Milrow quarterback sneak. I, I think that had to make some Alabama fans happy. It's going to be tough after a second half like that to find many things that Alabama fans are going to be especially thrilled about. But that Jalen Milrow one-yard sneak with some help from his friends midway through the second quarter, I would think, would be among the highlights. So uh, let's check in again with the comments. And here's X, who says, Coach told y'all people all week, that this was coming. Yeah, he, he did, as we said earlier, he kind of he kind of hit on it, but um you know at 24 to 6, uh, it there was a question in the postgame to Nick about Alabama not coming out 
strong to start the third quarter. And his point was the right one. Actually, we came out and ran the football at will. And we're in good shape. Really could have been up 31 to 6, something like that, you know, in the third quarter. But when you only get three points out of that type of rushing performance on those two possessions, and then you make the mistakes that Alabama made, starting with the face mask penalty, extending into the pass interference penalty that helped Arkansas make that 11-point game and start to think, you know what? We got some hope here, and we got a quarterback that can make some plays. Paul Witt checking in here. Wide receiver drops were a thing today. They were more than they have been, Paul. I agree. Uh, Ja'Cory had one. Um from Jalen there in the first half. Jalen made a pretty good play. He kind of stepped up in the pocket, maintained that relationship with Ja'Cory out on the left wing and tried to throw it out there. Um, there, there, were some, there were some drops. There were also some, some really nice plays, and there were also some plays in the second half where Jalen, I guess one or two you could maybe call drops, but put the ball on these guys. You know, he's got guys running wide open a couple times, and, you know, they're having to work for it. And I'm not going to get too rough with Jalen Hale on his drop because to me, that would have been just a hell of a finish to a catch. It was kind of like his touchdown catch against Ole Miss that he did finish in the end zone. Um, but going into the turf like he was and how he had to try to maintain possession, that was a tough opportunity. I, I think there was a combination of a couple things there. Jalen, to me, in the in the second half, just wasn't very accurate. Um, but his receivers, as you said, had a chance to help him and really thank goodness for Amari Nyblack and give Jalen credit for that too. The third down throw, you would never, you'll never see that on coaches clinic tape. You know, that is the throw that you tell your quarterbacks to never make. And it worked out. He's getting pressure into his face. He's able to drop it in over the linebacker who, if he's six three six four, we might be having a different discussion right now. Uh, but Nye Black's able to make the catch, get the first down, and uh, and get the job done on uh, on Saturday afternoon. Clay Franklin checking in here. I think Coach Saban should cancel the 24-hour celebration rule. This was nothing to celebrate. Clay, I didn't get the sense from Nick in the post game that there were uh, that, that champagne was involved. Um, yeah. I don't think they had to like line the lockers to keep clothes from getting items from getting uh, wet or damaged. Paul Witt says sympathetic to the defense leaking in the second half because they were out there a long time when the offense couldn't get a first down on three or four straight possessions. It's a good point, Paul. Midway through the fourth quarter, Alabama's offense had run 21 plays. And that's, that's with, two possessions to open the second half that we talked about that were very effective uh, in the run game. So you think about what happened after those two possessions and Alabama went up 24 to six. Yeah, uh, it, it wasn't exactly inspiring to say the least. Dexter Wright checking in. There's some insanity going on in the program. It's something that we are letting the kids get away with over and over. If we have to start, if we have to take starters out or whatever, Something needs to wake them up. The concern you do have, Dexter, to me anyway, is that some of these mistakes, especially the ones that we saw on 
um, Saturday and understanding Caleb Downs had the pass interference. He's a true freshman. Uh, but Jalen Keyes played a lot of football. He's been around and and I'm not going to I'm not going to throw him totally under the bus because, again, I think sometimes you can be a little bit of a victim of circumstance. That being said, if you're a veteran and your team's up 24 to six and you're getting off the field, there's a lot to be said about not even not even allowing yourself to be close to something you know, that could put you in that kind of situation. So, yeah, I don't know about insanity. I'll tell you, to me, uh, insanity is leaving your left tackles by themselves one-on-one and expecting them to get it right in SEC play. I, that, to me, if you want to talk about insanity, uh, I think you could I think you could qualify that. And as I said earlier, it, it's great when it works. Uh, because if you can protect with five, then obviously you've got a better chance uh, down the field to make the kind of plays uh, that Alabama that Alabama makes. Let's check in with Sam here. Uh, sometimes the wide receiver has to help the quarterback out too. Yeah, we talked about that with Paul, Sam. That's accurate. Uh, Alabama receivers did have some opportunities uh, that they didn't come up with. Uh, Sam's also worried because he says Alabama looked average and very beatable by Tennessee and LSU. I wouldn't argue with that sitting here right now. But again, I do think how that game played out made Nick Saban and his staff job even easier this week for Tennessee. Because you know Alabama, the players are going to be engaged and tuned in during Tennessee week, especially after the events of a year ago in Knoxville. So it should have been an easy prep. Now, where it'll get tough for Tennessee this week is there's not a lot of translation between a Dan Enos offense and what Josh Heupel is going to put in front of you next week if we're just talking defense. Now, I think you have less concerns for the Alabama defense in comparison to this Alabama offense, uh, but defensively, for sure. It's going to be a lot faster. There's going to be a lot more uh, shots in the passing game. Brew McCoy is out for Tennessee. So that was a big loss for the Vols a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but the challenge, undoubtedly, especially after what Jalen uh, Hyatt did, who thankfully for Alabama is now in Gotham, now uh, up in New York, that's a good thing. But, you know, I think for Tennessee, it's really going to start more with the Vols run game with Wright and Small and even Joe Milton and how Alabama from its nickel package will be able to deal with that. Something else you're thinking is if Malachi Moore was able to at least go through pregame warmups, and Nick said this after the game too, uh, there's some optimism about getting him back this week, not only because of what he brings physically uh, and how he can go from safety to star, but uh, being able to make some of those calls there on the interior of the defense, especially if you keep moving linebackers in and out. You know, Deontay Lawson, obviously a fixture, but as we saw on Saturday, still some Trez Marshall, still some Jihad Campbell. Um, so it helps to have that other guy that's a constant in there with Deontay, not only on the back end, but also from the middle, from the interior of that defense. So, Plenty of coverage for you also at BamaOnline.com. Charlie Potter, Clint Lamb, Jimmy Stein, myself. Big recruiting weekend. It's going to get even bigger this week. Um, when you think about the Tennessee game 
and and some of the the folks you anticipate being in town for that one. So our site publisher, Tim Watts, Andrew Bone, the birthday boy, Joseph Hastings. Uh, they're going to take great care of you on the recruiting front as well. Paul Witt checking in one more time. Jan Miller has some juice. He does. That's why you would like to see some especially perimeter kind of runs, some more diversity, make defenses defend you more than just between the hashes, as Jace McClellan found out when he about got laid out there in the fourth quarter. But yeah, Jam looked good. I thought Justice on his run, one run of about 10 or 11 yards. And, you know, pass protection is still an issue. There's no doubt about that. But I thought in the run game, you saw some some good things. And, you know, Jaden Roberts, two starts now. I think the guy's been fine. So at right guard, they actually did some things with him. And we even saw that back in the spring with him, that he can do that. You can pull him and get him out. If you want to go to more of a gap scheme instead of zone, um, you can have some versatility there in your run game. So uh, good to see that from Jaden Roberts. And look, it's going to be gloom and doom, but there still were some bright spots to take from this game. I thought the Alabama defense against the run for the most part uh, was good. Uh, pass rush was okay. I give KJ Jefferson a lot of credit too. I mean, he does some things kind of instinctively in navigating the pocket that you like to see from a quarterback. A couple of years ago, if you asked me about KJ Jefferson and his viability as an NFL quarterback, I would have said no, pretty much. Uh, two years later, I'm more, much more convinced that he can make a roster. I'm not sure he's a starter in the NFL. Uh, but he's a guy who can play the quarterback position. You know, for Alabama with Jalen Milrow, it's going to be this continual work in progress. And you love the explosive plays by Jalen. But, you know, early in the game, he's got a swing pass to Jace on a third and eight where you're still seeing defenses that don't even play that guy because they just don't think Jalen's ever going to get to him or will even think about going out there. And so – Arkansas was in a three-man pass rush with two spies on third down on some occasions because they just don't think the ball's going to go. He's not going to spit it out wide or get to his check down. You know, that's going to be the determining factor to me in Jalen Milrow, big picture-wise, as far as 2024 and beyond. Uh, he is obviously the guy for this team right now, but he's going to need to continue to progress and Tommy Reese is going to need to continue to try to help him. Uh, but to be that sort of quarterback that Nick Saban keeps talking about, a point guard. You know, if you're a point guard and you're pushing the break and you've got a 55% three-point shooter wide open on the wing in transition and you don't get him the ball, you, you, that that's not going to that's not gonna work over the long haul. So those are the things that um, Jalen has got to improve. But He's not afraid. I don't think that has anything to do with it. You don't make a throw like he made on that third down to Mari Nyblack if you have uh, if you have reservations or are lacking maybe some confidence in yourself. Uh, and it, absolutely, the accuracy in the second half wasn't there. I know some people put it maybe a little bit on the wide receivers too, but you know, in some of those instances on those crossers. You just got to hit those guys and you know, just hit them. And uh, that's another area where improvement needs to come. But 
you want to talk about explosive playability, uh, he can get you uh, he can get you those with those wide receivers, no doubt about it. We're going to get out of here on the latest edition of Instant Analysis. Thank you all so much for joining me here after Alabama's 24-21 win over the Arkansas Razorbacks Saturday at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Again, stay locked to BamaOnline.com. Hang out with us there on the roundtable, the premium message board of choice for Alabama fans around the globe. Everything you want to know about Alabama football, you're going to get it there first and right there with us at BamaOnline.com. If you haven't subscribed, by the way, to our YouTube channel, it's pretty new. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way you get all of our video content and we are turning it out in record fashion right now. And turn on those notifications. That way you get alerted to new video content. And when we're going to do our uh, live programs like this one after Alabama football games, like Thursday night tide that we do Thursday nights at eight central, we're going to have all that for you there at our YouTube home. And we've got plenty of podcast material content as they like to call it right there, wherever you subscribe to podcasts, that's where you're going to find the Bama online podcast as well. Hey, have a great rest of the weekend, everybody until next time. So long. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.